good morning, TLC. It's Torin, and it is our third birthday today. That's right, TLC turns three. So we're going to try some new stuff today, uh, a little bit more interacting on uh, line while you're tuning in. Now, if you're on BoxCast, I know you can't do anything. You can't interact in any way. But if you're on Facebook, we want to interact with you a little bit more. Uh, we know that the content that we produce matters, and I spend lots and lots and lots of time creating some of the content that we're doing. But we know that connection in many ways even matters more right now. And so uh, we want to do some kind of fun ways that we can stay connected. So uh, we do some weird stuff on our birthdays. In fact, on our very first birthday, we actually uh, met here in uh, the brand new facility. We were one year old and we had all these long tables set up with chairs and balloons and cake. People walked in and, and like, were like, whoa, what, what's going on? Like, this is weird. This doesn't feel like church. Uh, and we had church. In fact, some of you, it was your very first Sunday ever checking out TLC. And you're like, this is weird. This church is weird. And somehow you still came back the next week and you found out that, yeah, we're still weird, but not that weird. And, uh, and, and you've stayed connected with us. This, friends, is a weird birthday. All right. We don't even get to meet. We don't even get to be together. We can't enjoy cake or a cupcake or anything like that. But uh, we want to connect with each other. So here's what I want you to do. If you're on Facebook, okay, I want you to find your best happy birthday emoji and drop that bad boy into the comments, all right? So go ahead, start looking on there. And in fact, if you're on BoxCast, you can actually pull out your phone, log into Facebook. You can follow us uh, along there. Uh, Facebook's usually delayed just a little bit behind BoxCast, but find that emoji, click. We can interact that way. It's, an, it's, a, it's a way we can kind of do those online amens, right? When, those, when we want to say like, mm-hmm, give me one of them mm-hmms. I don't know what emoji that is, but find one, all right? Interact with us if you like something. Drop a little comment in there. If there's something that you're curious about, we want to interact with you. Now, if... If you're brand new, like this is maybe the second, third, I don't know, maybe it's just been a couple of months, three months or less that you've been tuning into TLC, a part of TLC, uh, we want to have you give us a thumbs up emoji. So go ahead and click that thumbs up emoji. Now, now if you've been with TLC for about a year or so, hit us up with the heart emoji. If that's you, hit us up with that heart emoji. And if you've been with us, all right, for uh, longer than a year, hit up that wow emoji or the wow, whatever that one is. All right, hit us up. Uh, we want to know, we want to engage and interact with you today. All right, so all throughout the service, if there's something that you like or love or something that makes you angry, uh, hit us up with one of those. We want to connect right on whatever so that we can actually turn this start to as best as we can even in all these words, weird circumstances, turn this into a little bit more of a conversation. Let me pray for us, and uh, we're going to dive in to our time this morning. Father God, would you speak? Spirit, you are moving all the time. When we can see you, when we can't see you, when we don't understand what's going on, when we think we understand what's Spirit, you are still at work. And so would you use this? Speak to our hearts, open up your word, remind us, be the advocate for us that you promised you would be. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So, back in 1986, a beautiful 18-year-old woman named Rhonda Morrison, the only child of her well-known parents, was murdered in downtown Monroeville, Alabama. 
The crime sent shockwaves of fear and anger through the small community. Uh, Police couldn't solve the crime. And after six months with no leads and no suspects, the tension was beginning to build on the police department. And so they started to move their attention towards a very unlikely suspect. Uh, Walter McMillan was a 45-year-old self-employed logger who had worked for many of the people throughout the community. He had no prior criminal history. Uh, The only thing that seemed to bring him attention to the law enforcement of the area is that he'd had uh, an affair with a married woman uh, a couple of years earlier. Now, an affair in a small town, although certainly looked down upon, was, of course, not unheard of. However, an affair between a married white woman and a black man was not only seen as despicable, it was seen as downright dangerous in 1986 in Monroeville, Alabama. A very public divorce between that woman and her husband pulled Mr. McMillan into the limelight, and he soon went from someone having an interracial affair to someone that was thought to be capable of murder. Uh, Ralph Myers, a white man accused of murder in another county, was pressured by police and ultimately made false statements, including an entirely fabricated story accusing Walter McMillan, whom he had actually never met, of murdering 18-year-old Rhonda Morrison. The incoherent claims and story put forth by Myers not only made no logical sense, it actually contradicted the evidence that was at the crime scene. That didn't seem to matter to the sheriff. In fact, it set off a chain of events that would change Mr. McMillan's life forever. He was arrested by Monroe County Sheriff Tom Tate, eventually charged with capital murder. The sheriff even arranged for Mr. McMillan to be placed on Alabama's death row even before he had a trial. Now, If you're going to talk back online, this is a moment that you might jump on and say, yo, that's messed up. This is a time to drop that angry emoji, right? Because this is wrong. What's happening to Mr. Mr. McMillan wasn't a perfect man, but he didn't commit the murder. He was completely being framed. That's not right. Uh, The thing that's so crazy is at the time of the murder, Mr. McMillan was actually at home with his family, along with over a dozen guests and a number of other people who came by that day because they were holding a fish fry to raise money for his sister's church that entire day. There were dozens of black people who could testify to his innocence, to his whereabouts on that day that were physically with him, and they were all ignored during the trial. The nearly all-white jury convicted Mr. McMillan of capital murder and sentenced him to life imprisonment without the opportunity for parole. Uh, This, in and of itself, was a tragedy, a blatant injustice. But in Alabama, uh, in fact, up until just a couple of years ago, they didn't change this law until 2017, elected judges were authorized to actually override a jury's verdict and impose the death penalty. And so Judge Robert E. Lee Key overrode the jury's sentence of life imprisonment and sentenced Mr. McMillan to death by electrocution. 
He was sentenced to death for a crime that he never committed. Now, if you're Walter McMillan, what would you want? If you're Walter McMillan, what would you want? Take a minute and, and, and type out a couple words in the comment section. What, what, what do you want if you're Walter McMillan? Uh, while he was in jail, he was actually asked that question. Uh, this is actually a quote from Mr. McMillan. He says, I knew I was innocent. I had all kinds of alibis that proved I was innocent. There was no doubt about that. I said, if I can just get the right lawyer, if I can get me a good lawyer who can bring out the truth. Look, if I'm in Mr. McMillan's situation, that's exactly what I want. I want me a good lawyer, right? An advocate, somebody who can stand up for me, somebody who can help me, somebody who can guide me, somebody who can represent me and defend me that can bring out the truth. Like, that's what I would want. If you have your Bibles this morning, I would love for you to open up to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Friends, just last week, we celebrated Easter, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We've been in a series that's called Words That Perform, right? Because uh, some words inform, but some words, woo, there's just depth and richness, and, and they actually perform, right? They, they do something to the, the hearer and the listener when we engage with them, when we live them out. Like, they're more than just simply words. They actually perform something in our lives. And this entire series has been about the Apostles' Creed. Because the Apostles' Creed is filled with words that perform, says, I believe in God, the Father, almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, was crucified, buried, and risen, right? Those are words that perform. And today, the week after we celebrate the resurrection, we get to talk about the one that Jesus sent after he went back to the Father. The Spirit. Now, now, Jesus is actually going to give uh, the Spirit a title. Uh, almost like another name. The Spirit is the Advocate. Uh, did you know that in most countries outside of the U.S., uh, lawyers are often called advocates? In fact, I think uh, the Spanish word for lawyer is abogado, which, which literally means advocate. I know that that's true in England and all over the UK and in South Africa and Australia. They're called advocates. They're called advocates for a reason. Because advocates actually stand in the gap. They come alongside of us. The Greek word for advocate is the word paraclete or parakletos. It means somebody who comes alongside in a court of law and, and helps you out. It's exactly what Mr. McMillan needed. And friends, it's exactly what you and I need as well. Now, uh, I want us to spend some time in, in John 14 this morning, but before we can dive into that, uh, it's important to kind of set up what's happening in John 14. Uh, Jesus is in the upper room. It's the night that he is going to be betrayed by Judas. Judas has already left. Uh, Jesus has already had the Last Supper with his disciples. They've taken communion together. And now Jesus is explaining to them that he's going to be leaving. They don't fully get it. They don't understand everything. But Jesus is wanting to comfort his disciples. He wants them to know that when everything that's about to happen actually happens, they don't need to freak out about it because God's still in control. God is doing something. Even though Jesus is going away because he was about to die, 
he said he's going to return. Now, he doesn't stay with them. Eventually, after 40 days after his resurrection, he returns to the Father, right? And when he returns to the Father, he says, when I go, I'm going to send you the Spirit. I'm going to send you another advocate. And so this whole section is Jesus talking to his disciples about what's coming so that they can be comforted, so that they don't get too worried when everything goes down. Now, they don't fully get it, and there's no way to not feel a little bit of unease in what's happening, but Jesus is writing this for them. John 14, verse 1, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Now, Jesus is saying this to his disciples, and they're like, yo, what are you talking about? You're going to leave? And you're going to come back and you're going to take us there? And then Jesus says that that they know the way to get there. Thomas finally, he's like, yo, yo, Jesus, uh, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so so, so how can we know the way? Jesus looks at Thomas, he's like, Thomas, of course you know the way. I'm the way. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. You you, you want to get to the Father. You want to spend eternity with God. I'm going to take you there. You know the way because I'm the way. Thomas, believe in me. Believe in me and you will be with the Father. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip's like, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. He's like, okay, Jesus, you're the way to the Father. Well, show us the Father. That'll be enough. Like, we'll believe then. Jesus looks at Philip, and he's like, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anybody who has seen me has seen the Father. Like, you want to see the Father? Philip, you've already seen the Father because you've seen me. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? If you're interacting with us on Facebook, like, this is the time to drop that exploding head emoji, right? This is mind-blowing. Jesus is like, look, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. Keep, Keep reading. He says, the words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father who's living in me. He's the one doing this work. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Look, I think a lot of times uh, when we think of the Trinity— Right? We think of God the Father as like he's the older, angry one who's always looking to like get me and judge me. And Jesus is like, like my cool friend. Like he's kind and you know, he's always there for me. And like you know, he's the one who gave him. So, so like he's cool. Like I can interact with him a little bit like nervous. And then like the spirit. The spirit is like he's like the uncle that you don't really know that well. You think he works for like the FBI. Like you don't really get what he does. But you know he's pretty powerful. And I think a lot of times at least, I don't know, maybe that's just, <laughs> maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe that's not you. But I think a lot of us kind of, We bifurcate the three persons of the Trinity. We we almost forget that they're one essence. Jesus is like, look, the Father's in me, and I'm in the Father. You want to know what the Father's like? Look what I've been doing. Even if you don't believe the words, look at the evidence of everything that I've done, the miracles, the way that I'm standing up for justice, the, the way that I'm helping people out, the way that I'm advocating for folks. 
If you're not sure about what I'm saying, at least look at what I'm doing. We're one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, you want to know what the Father's like? Look at Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. Mm. Friends, this is good stuff. All right, hey, keep, keep going. Very truly I tell you, verse 12, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father, and I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Do you even hear the power of that promise? Two huge promises that Jesus gives us in this passage. He says, look, disciples, friends, I'm I'm not going to be with you forever. I'm going away. But you can ask me. You can ask me to do things, and and I'll talk to my Father. My Father and I, we're in agreement. In fact, I'm in him, and he's in me. And eventually Jesus is going to say, and I'm in you. That happens through the Spirit. And the promise that we get is that, look, you're going to do greater things than than even I did. Jesus Jesus showed people what it meant to know what God looks like by the way that he lived, by the way that he preached, by the miracles that he did. He says, you're going to do greater things than me. I don't think we believe that. I don't know that I believe it sometimes. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be better at trusting and believing that what Jesus said, that we're actually going to do greater things, that we're going to do bigger, more self-sacrificial things than what Jesus did. Giving ourselves up for the sake of others. And not only that, but we can ask Jesus, and Jesus wants to, he wants to answer our prayers. Friends, I'm just telling you, this is big stuff, this is heavy stuff, this is amazing stuff, this is awesome stuff. Keep going with me in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, Jesus says. Look, this is when Jesus is like, yo, don't talk about it, be about it. If you love me, keep my commands. Way too many of us talk about like, oh yeah, man, Jesus is awesome. Like, I'm a Christian. I follow, like, I follow Jesus. Like, he's great. And, but we're not trying to keep his commands. And quite honestly, a lot of times, like, it's easy for me. I, I want to look out and just kind of like judge everybody else. Like, oh yeah, they're not doing it. Look how, look how they're living their lives. And, and Jesus, this, this week, he was like, T, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. T, if you love me, obey me. Torn, if you love me, keep my commands. And I just started saying, like, Jesus, I, I know I fall so far short. Help me. Help me. I want to love you. I want to show you that I love you. Not just talk about it. I want to be about it. Verse 16, this gets us to the Spirit. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. And be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is like, look, I'm going away, but I'm not leaving you. When I leave, I'm going to send to you another advocate. Jesus has been advocating for them. He's been showing them, helping them, defending them fighting for them, showing them what God is like. And he's like, look, when I go back to the Father, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm going to send the Spirit, another advocate to you that when Satan comes and tries to accuse you, I'm not going to let him. You've got an advocate, a a defender who's going to defend you. When there's a prosecutor trying to talk all this smack about you, you're going to have another advocate. He's the Spirit of truth. Flip down with me to verse 25. It says, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give 
to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Look, Jesus' disciples were starting to freak out. Jesus kept saying he's leaving them, he's going away. In fact, Jesus knew he was about to die. He knew that they were on Friday night and Saturday and the beginning of Sunday were going to be freaking out and afraid because everything they thought they knew seemed to have like blown up and gone away. And Jesus is like, look, I don't give like the world gives. I'm going to give you peace. When I go away, I'm going to send another advocate, somebody who's going to be even better because he's going to be in you, with you. I'm going to be with you, Jesus says. How? Through the Spirit. Man, this is heavy, powerful stuff for the disciples. But I don't know about you, but I need that same peace right now. I do. I need that kind of peace. And I'm feeling the stress. We are all feeling the stress. Like we keep thinking it's going to get into a new normal, but it doesn't. (laughs) It's new, but it still isn't normal. It still feels very abnormal, everything that's going on. And there's still all kinds of fear that we have where we don't feel peace. Our world doesn't feel whole. It feels very broken and, and, and unsettled right now. This is one of the promises of what the Spirit actually gives us. The Spirit actually gives us an entire list of gifts in this passage. The Spirit gives us these gifts. In fact, to have the Spirit means you have these gifts. There's three of them. Powerful works, chapter 14, verse 12. Effective prayer, chapter 14, verse 13. And the peace of God, chapter 14, verse 27. Uh, Dr. Gary Burge, uh, New Testament scholar, uh, I love his commentaries. Uh, He says this, isn't it crazy? I get to quote Dr. Burge, and Dr. Burge is is actually one of our teachers here at TLC. (laughs) This is insane. I love it, but it's great. Listen to what Dr. Burge says. He says, the Holy Spirit is God's spirit. The Holy Spirit ushers to us the presence of the Father and the Son, You don't just have the Spirit living in you. The Spirit brings in the Father and the Son. The Father is in the Son. The Son is in the Father. The Son is in us through the Spirit. And if the Son is in us, that means the Father is in us. We have God living, indwelling us. This is mm, crazy stuff. He ushers uh, to us the presence of the Father and the Son to indwell us and to share fellowship with us. Now check it out. Hence, as God was at work on the cross in Christ to save us, so now God is at work in the Spirit to transform us. I cannot underscore sufficiently how important this is. God is on our side. He is at work renewing us and loving us. This is the gospel. Did you hear that, friends? Ah, oh. God, he's on our side. Like a lot of times we think like God is still angry with, God is not mad at us. That's what the cross tells us. That's what the advocate, the spirit reminds us. God is for us. That's why Jesus is sent and he comes and why he willingly dies on the cross to pay our sin. God is for us. And the spirit is reminding us of that and advocating for us and calling to us. Look, I don't know where you're at right now, but I'm telling you this. God is for you. And and if you've never invited Jesus into your life, believing in his death and resurrection, asking him to come in and and, and forgive, saying, God, I'm sorry, I believe, and, and I'm giving myself to you, maybe today is the day you need to do that. Our God is for, he is looking, waiting, watching 
for those of us who are far from him to turn back. We, we learn that that's what God is like. He, he is a father who is scanning the horizon for his lost children. And the second that they turn back to him, confess and say, God, I want you, I need you. God runs and grabs and holds tight. He gives us the spirit. He indwells us with his very presence. I need that. If you've never accepted Christ, friends, I pray that today is the day. Just right now where you're at, just pray, God, I believe, I need you. I believe in Jesus. Come into my life. Take over for me. Take over for me and you will get the Spirit. You will be given the Spirit. God will indwell your life. Maybe you've been away from God for a long time. Maybe you've prayed to receive Christ before, but it's been a long time since you've really been full out living for him. Then right now where you're at, just say, God, I'm coming, today I'm coming back. Today I'm returning. God, I give you my life again. You can have all of it. As messed up as it is, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, God, I give my life to you again. Look, if you prayed to receive Christ for the very first time, uh, we want to know about that. Uh, You can jump online, shoot us an email, hello at local.com gr.org if that was you and you prayed to receive Christ for the first time uh, give, us, give us a thumbs up we want to know, we want to celebrate with you and, and, if, and if you're saying like yo I, I've, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, I've given my life to Jesus before but I've been away for a long time and today you made the decision to come back give us a heart emoji click that heart emoji so we can celebrate with you that today's the day you're saying hey I'm back, I'm coming back like Jesus you can have all of me Because when we do that, we get the spirit, (laughs) the advocate, the one who's going to stand up for us and and fight for us. Let me talk to you about our word that performs today. The word is advocate. What does an advocate do? Well, an advocate does three things. Number one, an advocate helps us. This is what an advocate does. An advocate helps us. He helps us remember what Jesus has said. He helps us know what we're supposed to do. He helps us understand what God wants. He helps us not just talk about it, but be about it. An advocate helps us. That, that's what an advocate does. Man, I don't know about you, but I need help. There's sometimes that I'm not sure what to do. There's sometimes that I want to do this, and I know I'm probably not supposed to, and I have to cry out. This past week, I have been. Times when I've started to feel like kind of fear and unsettledness, anxiety. I'm like, God, I need you. Help me. That's what the advocate does. The second thing that the advocate does is the advocate represents us, right? The advocate represents us. We all are going to have to stand before God as judge, and we have an advocate who represents us, who says to God, hey, God, yeah, Torn, he's messed up, man. He made all kinds of mistakes, but you know what? All that's gone. That debt's been paid for. He's holy. He's perfect because of Jesus. The advocate says, hey, he is perfect and spotless because that's what the advocate does. They stand up for you. They represent you. Mm, This is good stuff. The third thing that an advocate does is an advocate defends us. Uh, Did you know that the name Satan actually means accuser or adversary? That's the literal meaning of the word Satan. One who actually is an adversary or one who is an accuser. Uh, Satan is always trying to accuse us of wrongdoing. Hey God, did you see what did you see what Beth did? Hey God, did you see what Lisa did? Did you see what did you see what Bree did? Hey God, did you did you see what what Austin did? You see what Leon did? Hey God, did you see that? And our advocate stands up and says, No, no, no. 
That's been paid for. They, they defend us. Uh, maybe it's been a rough few weeks for you. Maybe you're feeling lots of shame right now. In fact, maybe it was hard for you to even want to tune in this morning because of that. Maybe uh, you've been eating a lot more than, than you know you should. You've been stress eating and, and kind of just, maybe it's anxiety and you haven't, really been, you haven't really been fighting against it. You haven't really been renewing your mind. You haven't been really connected to God and, and, and it's starting to like really kind of build and grow. Maybe you've fallen back into some, some habits you had in the past. Uh, maybe you've been smoking to try to escape or drinking too much to try to escape or maybe your escape's been porn. You found yourself uh, running back to these things that you know are unhealthy, that you know are not what God wants for you and, and yet you find yourself running because the stress just feels too much and you're just looking for an escape. And maybe you're feeling lots of shame right now and God's saying, hey, there is an advocate. There is an advocate who is advocating for you. And he's gently calling you back, saying that's not, what, that's not what's going to be best. Turn back. You've already been forgiven. Turn back. And, and maybe this is the moment right now you're just like, hey God, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Help me again. Advocate, start to help me again. And that's exactly what he does. The advocate will then help us. The advocate defends us and says, remember who you are. You are already forgiven. You are a child of the Most High. Don't ever forget. The advocate is there to defend us. Uh, there was a shirt that I had when I was in high school. <laughs> uh, this is actually the shirt itself. It, uh, it said, when Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of a cheesy shirt. Like totally, it's a cheesy shirt. I get that. But that, that's, a, uh, that's a shirt that I had literally, I think when I was a sophomore, end of my sophomore year. When the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. That's actually what the advocate does, though. Satan is accusing. He, he, he's, he's our adversary trying to trip us up, trying to mess us up, and then trying to say, see, I told you. I told you that he wasn't any good. See, I told you she, she wasn't any good. She couldn't do it. And our advocate is saying, no, 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 Jesus. Satan keeps saying, yeah, but, and, and, and our advocate keeps saying, yeah, yeah, but, but, but Jesus but Jesus, he died already. He's paid that. But Jesus, he, he died already. He's paid that. But Jesus, he's already resurrected. You see, torn is seen in Jesus. Everything is paid for. It's over. It's done. Look, uh, this is what the advocate is. Uh, I told you last week I was a Michigan fan, right? Uh, I was a Michigan fan because uh, my little brother, well, I was a Michigan fan before this, but my little brother back in uh, 97, 98, and 98, 99, those two basketball seasons, he played basketball at University of Michigan. Uh, there in Ann Arbor. And that like cemented, like I was a hardcore Michigan fan at that point. But uh, I, I found in the last number of years that sometimes I, it's like too much. I get too worked up about it. Uh, in fact, this past uh, Monday, I stayed up until 11.30 because there was this 18-year-old kid from California who was supposed to commit to playing basketball at Michigan. And he was going to have his commitment thing. And uh, I stayed up until 11.30 because that's when it was going to happen. And everybody said he was coming to Michigan. All the pundits believed he was coming to Michigan. Everybody's like, yeah, he's a lock, da da da, da. And, and he did his announcement. And he said, I'm super excited to extend my basketball career next year at the University of 
Actually, he said at Arizona State University and shocked everybody and devastated me. I was so bummed, man. I was, I was like, how, why am I getting so upset about this? This is an 18-year-old kid. I'm upset about where he's going to go to college next year. Why am I mad? And I was mad. I, it took me a while to fall asleep. And you know what's even worse? I woke up at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. And that was the first thing that hit my mind. Oh, Josh Christopher's not coming to Michigan. <laughs> and I started praying. And I was like, advocate, what is up? Why, why do I care so much about this? Why is that the first thing that's on my mind? And he said, well, do you love me? And I started saying, Jesus, Spirit, I want to love you. I want to care about, about our team. I want to care about the kingdom team. I want, to, I want to care so much that when I wake up at 3 a.m., I'm distressed about the things that break your heart. The Spirit used that this past Monday to tell me, like, T, I want you to feel that way about the things that, that I care about. And friends, that's what I want for our church. Like, I want that so much. In fact, I'd like to close just with this prayer. Can we, can we make this our prayer? God, wake me up to your spirit. Spirit, work in my life. God, wake me up to your spirit. God, I want more of you. I don't want to just say I love you. I want, to, I want to actually obey you. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be about it. I want spirit. I want more of you. I want to know you. I really want to love you. And I want to love you not just in, in words but in deeds. Guys, I want that for us. The spirit, God, the Father and Son indwelling our lives. That power for prayer and, 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 and works that are even greater than Jesus. The ability to have peace Man, I need some peace right now. I don't know about you, but I need some peace. I want that for us. Friends, let's, let's not just talk about it. Let's be about it. Let's beg the Spirit. Father God, we want more of you. Spirit, we want more of you. Advocate for us. Help us. Represent us. Defend us. Spirit, give us more. Let us love you. Let us not just talk about it, but be about it. Let us obey you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for dying in our place so that we can stand before the Father as faultless. We need you. We love you. More of you, Spirit. More of you, we pray. In the beautiful and powerful name of Jesus, amen. Friends, I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for the time that we have to, to spend together. Uh, you're probably wondering what happened to Walter McMillan. I'm not going to tell you. You have to go out and buy the book. Well, don't go out. Just get it on Amazon. Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Uh, and if you're too lazy to read the book, then fine. Go watch the movie with Michael B. Jordan, Just Mercy, it's fantastic. The book's way better, but the movie's still really good. You can check it out there. Hey, uh, we're going to move into a time of communion right now. And what I'd like you to do is uh, um, we're going to put up a communion slide, and I'm going to grab the elements, and you're going to grab the elements, and then we're going to take them together, all right? Let's go ahead and do that right now.